Send the light, send the light. God used you to send the light to Uganda, and we are shining. I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Uh, Greetings from my church. Greetings from my family. They love you. And uh, I like to believe that you love them also. Uh, Your pastor have given all I would have testified. Uh, Though up to now he cannot pronounce my name. But he tries. uh, Like uh, 30%. I thank God for another opportunity to be with you. As he was saying, age is just counting numbers, but I thank God who has kept me for these 43 years in the ministry. 
It is not easy. I was talking to Brother Andrew when he was driving me to the church in the morning. He said, Andrew, uh, have you discovered that you can never get used to the pulpit? You will never. Any moment you, you come, it is God. I need your help. So uh, we were with the Brother Eddie in our Easter meetings, and we really enjoyed his service. You know, most of the preachers that come from overseas, we know that they preach for 30 minutes, uh, most 40 minutes, and they are done. And for us, we are not made, we are not made that way. Uh, but Ed was different. <laughs> he was our kind. Amen. He was our kind, and everybody was happy. Amen. In fact, when we heard uh, the, that he was coming, and I announced... Do you know how I announced? The church that sponsors the translation, their pastor is coming. Everybody wanted to be there. In fact, I started discouraging them. I gave conditions. I told them what I did. We were expecting... 700 people, 800. On the first day, we registered 800. By the time we reached the second day, the government officials came and said, no, 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 no. James, you lied to us. Because they are already double. And... Uh, According to the, uh, the, the standards of our government, the security they had provided, they said it is not enough. So they were about to say, we disperse you. And when I pleaded, they, they fined me. I had to pay a fine. So people were happy. So happy until they called him uncle. He's their uncle down there. So in everything, we give thanks. I thank you, brethren, for the smooth transition that you had and you are still having. You see, transition is not an easy thing. I have presided over transitions in many churches in my area. And I know what it means. And if you know what you mean for us down there, probably you will never understand until we reach there. It was now the old God is passed on. What next? 
what is going to happen. But we rested on the assurance that, that God has many, many quivers in his You can add it. So we were, what are next? And that now you are settled, really we are very happy. May you keep it up. Amen. Brothers and sisters, just to give you a little word of wisdom, try your level best to make the work of the Holy Ghost easy. What am I saying? Make it easy for your leadership to serve you. Make it easy for your pastor to lead you. You know, he knows and I know every pastor loves to be loved in order to be of any use to you, he needs to know that he is loved and is appreciated. For the transition to be smooth and the continuation of the Holy Ghost, that I think is important. I was reading where Brother Branham was asking Brother Nephew that is the church treating you well? Then Nephew said it couldn't be any better. Do you know what Brother Branham said? That when the pastor is satisfied and the people are satisfied, it makes a real good church. And God is satisfied. Anything that makes God satisfied, we fight for that. Now, there are a few things you can do to make your pastor happy. Because when he's happy, I'm not blowing a trumpet for him. I think he least expected that I would mention these things. But I feel led to speak them before we even start the word. There are several things you can do to make your pastor happy. Number one, just show up. Just be there. You see, the, the pastor becomes happy. That is where we pastors uh, are not like God. You see, God is not about quantity, it's about quality. But no, we pastors, we are about quantity. After all, uh, it is God who chooses. But when you are there, the pastor is happy. 
Let me tell you, you may be that one. There is a person in the church when he misses a service and the pastor looks around, it is as if half of the church did not attend. He will never tell you. But you may be that one that when he even sees you in the church, he feels happy. He feels relaxed. So, your continued attendance at your local church does for your assembly more than you can even imagine. Number two, always pay attention to the word. Because not everybody that listens to you is your student. It is only that one who heeds you. Then always pray for your pastor. You see, pastors are always attacked by divorce. You know uh, where Jesus said, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. You see, a lot of ministers are carrying putrefying wounds in their souls due to heartbreaks and unmet expectations. You see, when your pastor said, let us sing loud, I was expecting somebody to jump and shout and everything. We know what happens down there. So, uh, so pray for your pastor, passionately pray for him, and let him know that you are praying for him. Once in a while, give him a call and say, Pastor, I have prayed for you. It makes pastors happy, doesn't it? It makes pastors happy. Another thing, always provide to your pastor an honest feedback. You see, he is here, you are there. And you know what is happening there more than him. And always give him a feedback. And that is very important. The head takes the decisions from the body. When the body provides quick feedback, look at Moses. He was led by the pillar of fire. But it's not the pillar of fire that alerted Moses that the Amalekites are doing havoc. It is not the pillar of fire. Somebody communicated and said, Pastor, there is something fishy going behind. Somebody is not satisfied. Another thing that we pastors love, it is a word of encouragement. Encourage your pastor well. Did the someone bless you? Come on, tell him. 
Did the power of God flow powerful in the service and you were blessed? Let him know. You know, when you are serving the food, it is the eater who knows uh, that the food was nice. Usually you who, who, you who is serving don't know. So he, you tell him, he is a human being also and would like to be encouraged and to know what God did in the service. Be loud about encouraging him, especially when he is surrounded by many discouragements. And then, always bring a friend to the church. And when you bring a friend, tell the pastor, I have brought a friend. I came with somebody. And then, always, always stand for the word of God. And when you do that, God will bless you, will bless your church, and everything will be okay. So uh, let us stand up and read from the Bible. I will not be scared to take four hours to preach to you because your pastor did it. So it means you are used to it. But again, I can even take 40 minutes and I'm done. So let us read from the book of First Kings, chapter 17. We will start from verse 2 up to verse 9. I preached this message in Crowfordale, and it was like, I am ready to again share it with you again. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Live here, turn eastwards, and hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravines to supply you food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine, east of Jordan, and stayed there. I want you to notice how that word there is mentioned. It is mentioned five times. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and the bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at, at once, 
to Zarephus in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed the widow there to supply you with food. So he went to, to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Precious Jesus, we assemble before the throne of grace this morning as human beings but before Jesus, our high priest, who understands us. Lord, you know our needs, and you supply our every need. Amen. What we need today is your presence. Amen. Your presence is all we need. Your presence is all we cry for. Because when you are present, everything we need is answered. Lord, we lend you our bodies. I lend you my body, use it. Yes. My brothers and sisters are lending you their ears so that they may hear from the ears you gave them. And all of us give us the heart of understanding. While everyone can turn the pages of the Bible, it is only you who can give us a revelation. Lord, reveal to us what you want us to know this morning so that by the end of the service, let us all have a shared and common testimony that indeed you visited us in that place called there. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give thanks. Amen. You can sit down. I want to title the sharing again that place called there. If you notice, this widow who represents the church, by meeting Elijah, she was moving to her position of assignment. Remember when we talk about assignment, you don't make your assignment. You simply realize it and move into it. Amen. I want to quote from the message, Spiritual Food in New Season, paragraph 33. Now that I type there, that I'm going to type Elijah with the church today, the church of today, just before judgment, he received this message. Elijah, he represented being cared for in the natural, his natural food, because it wasn't going to rain now, according to the word of God. And now we are going to type that with the spiritual drought of today. We all know, we are very aware that there is a great spiritual drought in the land Spiritually speaking. Amen. Right. You notice here, it is just at that time that God always rises up something. He always, 
He does nothing until he reveals it to the people. And he always reveals it by his servants. Now, but Elijah, during this time, had a sacred place that the God had ordained for him to go. That is the thing we want to see now, just before we have a prayer line. They were going for a prayer line that day. Probably today you are not going into a prayer line, but there is a situation you are facing. Now, before you face that situation, you need to hear that. You need to hear that the God we serve is bigger than any situation you are experiencing. The God that loved us is bigger than any Goliath that is standing in your way. The God we serve the God that loved us is bigger than any Red Sea that is hindering you. Elijah had a sacred place provided by God himself. Now, the church never provided it for him. The king never provided it for him. He didn't provide his self. But God provided a sacred place for Elijah to be fed all the time during the drought where his food was provided day by day. Remember, Jezebel was also feeding his. But now, notice this. God also was feeding his. So, you are being fed, but who is feeding you? Are you feeding yourself? Is Jezebel feeding you? Or it is Elohim who is feeding you? He didn't need to wonder what is going to happen tomorrow? Oh, wonder if the supply ran out. Because God had said, I have commanded the ravens, and they will feed you there. Now, we came here to worship. Amen. The Muslims were doing what on Friday? They were worshiping. The Seventh-day Adventists were doing what yesterday? They were worshiping. Today, go to the Catholic Church. What are they doing? They are worshiping. The Anglicans, wherever, they are worshiping. So, if worship is all we need... Who doesn't worship anyway? But look here. There are people who doesn't only worship, but worship in God's provided way. That makes the difference. 
And when you discover that you are among those, you will eventually know that worshipping God is not a burden. Worshipping God will not continue to be a tradition. Worshipping God will be a privilege. Because that God is to be worshipped, he does not accept the worship of everybody. We are shown that through the example of that man who came running to Jesus, and there he says, Master, I will follow you wherever you go. You know the story. But what did Jesus answer? He says, I see birds have nowhere to nest. In short, he was rejected. Now the Bible says, Jesus turns to someone else and says, come and follow me. Now this one says, Master, I have a father to bury. Jesus says, come on, you follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. Look here. One is offering himself and he is rejected. Another one is not even interested, but he is compelled. That is the God we serve. He cares for his own. In Psalms chapter 8 verse 3, David under the inspiration wondered because he says, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, we are talking about the God of the universe. The moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? Look at the creation of God. The ritual we know. The stars. The galaxy. Whatever. Science is even discovering more. He created the cherubims, the seraphims, heavenly angels, the whole host of heavenly beings. But he looks not satisfied with them. Then he created a human being. And you and me know that as long as we are human beings, we always give God headache. We always wake up going to hell because of our actions and our deeds and everything. But God is busy pulling us back. We are running away like Adam, but here God is coming after us. Adam, Adam, where are you? Why don't you leave him alone? He cares for us. You see, by God not abandoning Adam, that's when God displayed the other side of him, which the devil never knew. Because the devil knew that this God is a just God. And it is true. This God is a righteous God. And it is true. And when the devil back asleep, judgment followed. 
Now, when Adam back asleep, it was like the devil was saying, okay, come and join the wagon. You know, God didn't have a big church like you are here. There were a few members. Adam and Eve, the serpent and the wife. So God would come in the evening for fellowship. Go back and see what took place. One evening, the church was empty. God came and found the church empty. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Come. Come and we fellowship. No, I'm not coming. What is happening? I'm naked. You know the story. The devil was waiting for God to say, okay, follow the devil. No, there was the other side of God. When God pronounced the redemption story. Now, God who cares for his own is ready to feed you. And feed you in a due season. But he does not feed you everywhere. It must be in a place called there. Not everywhere. Elijah had to look for that specific place. Not the whole stretch. You see, God was not going to feed him on the whole stretch of that brook. The word of God was that place called there. Because it is where the ravens will bring you food. Your blessings are in that place called there. And when I talk about blessings, what do I mean? It is not the amount of money you have on your account. It is not about the property you own. What do I mean when I say a blessing? A blessing is that a portion of God inside you. Because when you are having that portion, it can override any situation. When your pastor was praying for me, which I needed, in the office, he mentioned the word, and it was my. He said, may you receive favor before the congregation and before God. Really, everybody needs that. Because we need favor. And do you know what? Your favor before God only is in that place called there. When I talk about favor, let me show you something. I hope I will get it very quick. What is favor? Favor is a kind of act. An act of kindness 
performed or granted out of goodwill. It is an approving attitude, friendly or supportive. Favor is a reward for appropriate behavior, an advantage to the benefit of someone or something. Favor is a shortcut to an uncommon success. Because favor can give you in a second what another one works for all his lifetime. That's what a favor means. Favor brings the Jonathans you never knew in your life at a split second. And you know, when Jonathan arrived into David's life, everything changed. So your blessings are in that place called there. Your favor with God is in that place called there. That's why we read that he blesses us in heavenly places. And what are heavenly places? It is the position of the believer in the church. Amen. I hope you pick that. Yes, sir. Amen. All our blessings are in the heavenly places. The position of the believer. What are you in the church matters most. Because when God is coming to bless, he does not bless you as an individual, he blesses the office you hold in the church. You don't belong everywhere in the Bible. You are somewhere. In the message recognizing your day and its message. Paragraph 75. Remember, Israel is only promised to be blessed as long as she is in her land. God never blesses Israel outside of the land. Abraham went outside the land and was condemned. Everyone that leaves the land is condemned. God only can bless Israel when he stays in her homeland. And our homeland is the message of the hour. Probably, you, you know, when you are not blessed, you know it. When you are hitting the wall, you know it. Probably the answer is, you have not yet discovered that a place called there. Because in that a place called there, your salvation is there. It is in that a place called there that I made that paper. And from that time, everything changed. In that a place called there, your hearing is waiting for you. You see, many people think Western and it is as if God will find me here. 
No, God will not find you here on your conditions. He will only meet you in that place called there. It is you who has to move to that place. Your prayer will only be answered in that place called there. Your success is waiting for you in that place called there. Your deliverance from everything is simply waiting for you in that place called there. Your success, whatever you need, your blessings are just waiting for your arrival. It is the only place where whatever you need is waiting for you. Amen. Amen. In that place called there, there is somebody who's waiting for you. <laughs> Remember Elijah and the widow. Somebody's waiting for you. He's only waiting for your arrival. Come on, church. I always tell the people that you'll never please everybody. Never try to please everybody because you will never. They are people. They are made in such a way that no matter how much to please them, you will never succeed. It is not that they are evil people. No, it is simply they were not meant to be in your life chain. So no matter how much you try, you are wasting the time of those waiting for you to arrive in their life. Because we know when Elijah arrived into the widow's life, everything changed. When Moses arrived in the first exodus, when he arrived at the king's palace, the exodus, the exodus was activated. They had to wait for Moses to recognize himself and arrive in that place called there. <laughs> Remember, Brother Branham, when he mentions about the tenth vision, and this, I will meet you there. You are not successful everywhere. Probably the reason why you are not successful where you are, you are not meant to be there. Because even God himself is not successful everywhere. Jesus could not do many miracles where he was born. Because when they looked at him, they only saw the son of Joseph. And because of that, he was not successful there. 
in the press called there, your true assignment is realized. That's when you realize what you are. Because unless you reach where you know your assignment, you are not going to be blessed. Yes, in that press called there. Everything you need, I mean spiritually, is waiting for you. Amen. And when you, are, you arrive, they are activated towards your favor. It doesn't matter how you reach there. As long as you reach there. I want you to see that. It doesn't matter how you reach there. As long as you reach there. Jesus loved the hearts. Loves hearts. After all, Lahab the Harod represents the bride. I'm singling out three Harods in the Bible and how they arrived at that place called there. One day, the service was taking place in the message church. And the pastor was Jesus. In the middle of the service, then the, the Pharisees, you know what a Pharisee is? An actor, somebody who claims what he is not. You see, there are people who live in two worlds. He's seated in the church, a saint, but in the morning, he's doing a different thing. To such a person, there is news for you. Heaven does not mix, and hell does not mix. So the Pharisees are pulling a poor lady caught in adultery, red-handed. They bring him, and they are bringing him to Jesus. Little did they know that they're dragging her to that place called there. Look at them as they drag the poor lady at the foot of Jesus. The right place. Here she is, caught red-handed. What do you say? You know the story he looks down. Whatever he was doing, when we reach there, we will know. But whatever he was doing made an impact to these Pharisees around. At the end of the story, Jesus rises up and says, Woman, nobody has condemned you. I think the woman was saying, 
Okay, at least I can bear a stone of one. These are Ugandans who don't know the time here. So to be on the safe side, let me shut off this. Sorry for the inconvenience. Okay. So now back to Jesus. Sorry for the inter- interruption. So he says, woman, nobody has com- condemned you. She says, yes. And I'm not condemning you. Go and never do it anymore. When you go to the right translation, it says, go and I give you power never to do it again. (laughs) Oh, I thank God for that. I give you ability never to do it again. I give you ability to overcome in that place called there all your temptations and trials are given an answer. Go and do it no more. She went back delivered. They pulled her to her Damnation, she went back completely free. You see, it was a group of three heralds. That evening, on the apostle of Jute, there were only two, because one was already delivered. You see, God's ways are not our ways. Then, Simon, the Pharisee, sends an invitation to Jesus. I want you to be the guest of honor at my house. Jesus knew better. Simon was not serious. He was calling Jesus to make fun of him. But as usual, God always fulfills his appointments. But if you read between the line, he also knew that he was going to meet a harrot there. So when the aroma of good food was going around, it causes an attraction, and here the harrot comes. What is happening? You know the story. What is happening? I see somebody is being neglected. At the end of the day, she is at Jesus' feet. In that place called there. She came a heart and she went delivered and forgiven. Simon, I have a word for you. You called me and I came. You misused me. You made fun of me. But here is a woman when she recognized me, she started doing what she's doing. I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. You know, it is one thing to repent, but it is another thing to be forgiven. 
Many repent. Esau repented. Today, many Esau's are repenting. But to hear from the mouth of Elohim, himself, saying, I have forgiven you. That evening, only one woman of ill fame remained. You know, then Jesus felt that I need to pass through the city of Saika. He felt the need to pass through that city. Because we understand that the son cannot do anything unless the father shows him. And that relationship is to be between the bridegroom and the bride. You must have a personal relationship. The pastor is not going to give it to you. The church is not going to give it to you. You cannot give it to yourself. It is only God who will give it to you. Because he knows his. So as he was moving towards the city, he knew that he had message believers around him. Typical message believers. I have been a message believer the big part of my life. Do you know what I'm meaning? Message believers always talk about what women should not do. A woman should not do this, a woman should not do this, should not do this, should not do this, but they never tell what a woman can do. And because of that attitude, we are creating a Muslim something. If we are not careful, we are going to have a curtain and let the woman, women be behind. So Jesus knew his people because when you go to read, when they were coming, they marveled. He is talking to a woman. But they never questioned the father. But let us go to Pastor Jesus. Woman, give me a drink. The conversation started. You know there is power in conversation. And especially when it is God talking. As the conversation went, then the problem of the woman was identified. Your problem is only identified and singled out in that place called there. Amen. Okay, go and call your husband. I don't have any. You have said the truth. You already have five. According to the testimony of the woman, it was, come and see a man. Come and see a man. The woman would come at noonday because she felt outcast. 
Now she ran into the city without hiding anything. Come and see a man. She's already delivered. In that place called there, your freedom is guaranteed. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Gabriel's instructions to Daniel. God never blesses Israel till she gets to her homeland. And God will never bless you, Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, Pentecost organizations. He will never bless you that way. Come back to the homeland to the beginning, back to the Pentecostal experience, like what happened on the day of Pentecost. Yes, he never blesses Israel until they come back to the promised land. And when they got back in the promised land, signs and wonders began to happen. Now, our God is a true God. Amen. And he sent us a true prophet. And he's only looking for a true receiver. But before you receive, terms and conditions apply. Because our God works on principles, works on laws, and every law of God that is obeyed works towards your favor. And some of the laws we are going to mention, one is the law of praise. That's what we are talking about. That a press called there. Abraham one day received a voice. And it was a voice. Remember, brother, sister, you have to be in a position where you can distinguish between many voices and God's voice. They are either your thoughts or divorced thoughts or... So you have to be meticulous and know that this is God speaking. Remember, our success or our failure is based on the decisions we make. And you have to be always careful to make the right decisions. God does not expect you to be stupid. There are decisions you make. And after making those decisions, 
God says, okay, rest, my child. The rest I will do. But the other decisions you make, after you make those decisions, God says, okay, fend for yourself. So Abraham had to distinguish. Is this God saying? Because sacrificing a child, sacrificing a human being, according to the law of God, it was against the law. But yet here God is saying, you have to sacrifice your son. And not only that, in a place I will show you. You are not sacrificing everywhere. It is on a mountain I will show you. That makes a difference. So the law of praise. Jesus had instructed his disciples that after resurrection, I will go ahead of you and you will meet me in Galilee. In that place called there. So the, the law of praise. Now, I'm quoting where you always read. It is in the message led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Priest on 15th July, 50. Something says, turn to your left. I had it just the same as you hear me. I turned to the left. I went down to the left and I stopped in front of a place called Mira's Cafeteria. I wondered why. But something said, go in. Remember, led by the Spirit. I went in the cafeteria, got some little breakfast. My wife said, you are sure in a big place like this to get trapped? Because people have gathered around. And as I asked, I asked a blessing, I heard somebody say, praise the Lord. I looked over, and the poor old mother was raising up, wiping her eyes. Then the mother says, you better go. If we don't, the whole group. Then I said, just a moment. It is the Holy Spirit leading. She came over and said, Brother Branham, I followed meeting after meeting, trying to get my brother in the line, and I couldn't do it. His heart has got so bad now. It is pushed through the diaphragm. We was examined a few days ago before coming, and the doctor says he has just a little while to live. A little while to live until you reach that place called there. Oh, we sold our cow to get the money to come up here from Texas. 
I have been to several meetings. We sold all we got. I had cards several times, but the number was never called. But as I was praying last night, all night and fasting, you know, many message believers don't fast. If you are among those, change immediately. Start fasting and praying. As I was praying last night, all night and fasting, and about daylight this morning, I woke up and I had a dream. And I dreamt that I should come down to the cafeteria and wait at nine o'clock. And I looked at my watch, and it was just exactly nine. I said, bring him here. And you know what happened, don't you? The Lord marvelously healed him, the leading of the Spirit, because he works on both ends. You are hearing this morning is in that place called there. Because the Bible says they brought the sick to Jesus because the anointing of healing was present. Right. That means the anointing was not always present. But when you would mark and know that now this is the time I'm going to kneel on the altar and my hearing, I will pick it there. When you come with that attitude, you go delivered. Yes. Amen. Do you love God? Amen. Are you sure? Amen. In that place called there. Amen. We continue. And then going out of the door, I was just leaving and went out the door about two minutes after. I didn't eat. And a younger lady standing there fell down on the street and began screaming. She lived in Chicago Heights with the malignant cancer and said, Brother Branham, I've been praying for weeks that I could get here. And this morning early, something told me to come to Miller's cafeteria and stand here at 10 minutes after 9. Hallelujah. 10 minutes after 9. The God of the universe uses his laws. I love that. And when you obey the instructions, because we come to church always to, to, to have instructions, that's why I'm telling you that make your pastor happy. Because it is through him that you receive the posting instructions. And when you always listen to instructions, 
every need will be delivered. So it was in the dream. If we reach there 10 minutes after 9, always listen to instructions. There it was. I met her in Little Rock a few weeks ago and was just shouting and praising God. Perfectly normal and well. Brethren, we cannot be in the shoes of Elijah. They are big. We cannot be in the shoes of Brother Branham. But what I want to tell you, we serve the same God who is rich in mercy. If we would tell Brother Branham to go to the cave, go to the cave, he's telling you this morning, go to that place called there, and I will meet all your expectations. Hallelujah. Then, the law of recognition. You want God to be successful in your life? Celebrate his presence. You want the pastor to be useful to you? Love him. If you feel you don't love him, Ask God and tell God, I really don't love that man. Be true to God. I don't really like that man. But now, since he's the only object where you are going to pass my blessings, give me to love him. And God will grant it. Recognize the presence of Jesus. That woman of the blood issue, he had a feature the Pharisees didn't have. Because that morning, Jesus had no plans to meet her. Read the Bible where he had no plans. That's where he could turn and say, who has touched me? But though Jesus didn't have any plans to meet her, that woman had purpose in her heart that this day I will meet Jesus. And what she needed was not the whole court. You see, uh, we human beings complicate heaven by setting our bylaws and rules. But when God of heaven speaks to us, he says, if you could only have faith like a mustard seed, he requires from you just faith like a mustard seed. And to the woman, it is only touch the hem 
Not the whole court. Touch the hem. She weaved, she weaved through the crowd. But the good thing is, she arrived there. And when she arrived there, her healing was guaranteed. What are you recognizing this morning? Because your blessing is not far away from you. Because between you and your blessing, there is only one human being. Between Ruth and Boaz, there was that woman in Naomi. When Ruth would recognize that woman and what she, she stood for, it took her to her spiritual boys. Between Rebecca and Isaac, there was that old man, Eliezer. As long as Rebecca recognized who Eliezer was, and obeyed the instructions. Right. Every step she obeyed led her closer to her Isaac. Right. We go back to this woman, this widow woman. She would never recognize why she was a widow. You see, many things uh, cross our ways. Many things we cannot understand. That's why we have to learn how to thank God in everything because he knows everything. Learn the art of thanking God, kneel down, and thank him for what he has done to you, and also thank him for what he has refused to give you. Right. Amen. You can, you can forget what a good he has done to you, but you will never forget what he has denied you. Because you wanted it. So kneel down and Bring down the list. God, I thank you. You refused me this. You refused me this. You refused me this. And I thank you. Because you know better. If you can do that, you have walked an extra mile in your journey of faith. She was a virtuous woman. Really, she couldn't ex uh, explain why she was a widow. Lord, I believe you. Who told you that when you have faith, you don't have problems? That's right. In fact, the more you have faith, the more you invite problems. The more you have faith, the more you invite trials. 
Because you are building a stature of a perfect man. Who told you that the faith will stop you from dying? The more faithful you are, the more you are closer home. I was telling a story of a believer who went to fast and pray about his job. Oh God, a closer walk with you. I want to feel your touch. I want to feel your presence. Bless me at my duty. Oh Lord, let me feel that you have blessed me. After many days of fast, God says, I have answered your prayer. And I have answered you. You know, he went back happy. When you hear the voice of God and says he has answered you, you are happy. He went back home in crowds. Now, when he was entering the house, there is an envelope on the, on the doorway. When he opens it, the company has dismissed you with disgrace. Hmm. But God had told me that he has answered my prayer. And the company dismisses me with disgrace. You know, you who are government workers know that term, disgrace. No benefits or anything. You are not fit for public uh, something. You can, uh, you cannot report to duty for seven days that you are praying to your God. Nonsense. He couldn't understand. You know, your salary is literal, is nothing, until you get that dismissal letter. Or if you are lucky and they have it, and you find that you are living with the half salary, then you learn to appreciate what you are having. That's why we advise many people that don't leave your job for another one unless you are sure that it is God who is directing you. Because not every door opened is opened by God. The devil also can offer opportunities. So now the man was there stranded. One month, two months, he never understood. Always learn the art of, of never asking God why. Because when you say, God, why? He will also ask you why. Always be certain that God is justified in his ways. Remember, this flesh does not want that. So you have to fight this flesh. This flesh always is asking for answers. Why me, God? Why me? Why me? Then God would ask you, why not you? 
Why not you? Because God is training soldiers. God is not training whimping babies, crying babies. You see, God is expecting you to speak. Why cry, speak? You meet a situation. You know, situations are serious. Now, when you meet a situation, you cry. Oh, God, Jehovah, come to my rescue. Jehovah, come to my rescue. Now, when you cry and cry and cry, God comes and says, okay, jump on my back. Now, when you are on the back of God, you say, praise the Lord. Our God is the deliverer. No, you have simply failed. You have simply failed. And rest assured that that trial is still waiting for you to overcome. It is simply over the corner. I hope you understand. God is the training overcomers who will speak and the devil will obey, not whimpering babies. That's what the Sadapur is all about. So now back at the story. <coughs> the man, excuse me, the man does not understand. A month, two, three, four, six. After some time, they suspect that something fishy was happening in the company and they have to make a commission of inquiry. And usually when they are doing that, all people there must step aside. So the whole group must step aside as the inquiry is taking place. But somebody neutral must stand in the gap. And do you know who is that? The one who was expelled. He was called to come and temporarily lead the company as the investigation is taking place. What was God doing? He put aside his own so that when the inquiry was taking place, he is not counted in the data group. Our God is a living God. And his ways are ever just. He's not governed by time. As long as you are in that place called there, everything you need is there. Now, how do you know that place? Because the ravens were not going to feed Elijah everywhere. There, there were many widows in Zarephath. How will I know who is this widow? That's where you need wisdom. 
You see, God gave us faith, but again, he gave us wisdom. You see, wisdom is a principal thing. In James chapter 1, verse 5, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. You see, every human being is born with instinct, human instinct, not with wisdom. Because the wisdom I'm talking about is not what you study in colleges and universities. You can have that knowledge, but without wisdom. The wisdom I'm talking about is the wisdom that God gives. That's why it says in Jacob chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth all men liberally and shall be given him. Come on, look here, God says. Who of you, if your child will say, Father, I need bread, can you give him a stone? No. If any of you, his child can say, Father, I want a fish, can you give him a cobra? No. Then God says, you know you are evil, and you know how to give your children good things. What about me? Ask me. The bride of Jesus Christ has the ability to activate God. Learn how to personally activate God. God enjoys being activated. So he says, child, you need wisdom. You see, Abel needed that wisdom. If Abel had used that wisdom, he wouldn't have been killed by Cain. Surely Abel had faith. Even today, we say, by faith, Abel. Oh, by faith, Abel. Is that right? But faith did not stop him from dying. And when you read the Bible, Abel was not ready to die because the Bible says his blood is even now crying. Of course, you know that the blood has a voice. The blood of Cain was not prepared to be spilled in the ground. Because when they were in the church, Abel saw Cain quarreling with the pastor. And the issue was over Abel. Because Abel's sacrifice was accepted. By the end of the service, when the service was dismissed, Cain was not yet through. And Abel was the son in the flesh. Now outside, Abel says, brother, no, Cain says, brother Abel, let us have a walk. 
If Abel had used the wisdom, he would have said, no, 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 no. First settle it with the pastor. Then after that, we will have a walk. He never did that. He never survived. He went home. Now, God does not want you to be stupid. That's why we are called wise virgins. God does not want you to always make mistakes. God does not want you to always hit dead ends. God does not want you to always hit failure after failure. You know when you fail, you know it, and it is not a good experience. When you pray, and you are sick, and you are not healed, you feel it. When somebody is praising God, I am healed. It is like you feel a jealous of something. God wants you to succeed in life and enjoy it. Have you ever seen a bird flying in the air? Oh, it enjoys. Look at the fish in the sea. It enjoys. God wants you always to make right decisions. Always right decisions. Until we can declare over you that this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. God always wants you to make right decisions with your time, with your talent, and with your resources. Yes, you need wisdom because wisdom is power. Wisdom makes a difference. In this hour of a lot of confusion, in this hour of many voices, you need wisdom to distinguish between the voice of God and your voice and the voice of the devil. Because they are there. Ask God that he gives you that wisdom. If you ask God and he gave you the Holy Ghost, then go to the throne of grace and say, God, I need that wisdom. Because wisdom is the ability to tap a blessing to solve a problem. Because every blessing of God is wrapped around a problem you solve. Every blessing of God is wrapped around a certain specific problem. And every problem you solve invites a divine reward. If David had not gone to the front line that morning, he would have died a shepherd boy. But when he reached the front line, 
he realized his assignment. And what is the assignment? It is the problem you were created to solve. Come on, you are not God's plan B. You are always God's plan A. You are not here by mistake. God does not make mistakes. It is only you haven't realized yourself. So when David was there, there was a problem. And that problem was glorious. Nobody was ready to take that adventure. But when David reached there, he felt qualified. You see, that blessing inside him, that blessing inside him was excited. You see, when God looks at you, he does not look at your plan B, no, your side B. He knows you are a human being, always a failure. But there is something inside you that excites God. And that something is put into you to solve a specific problem. So wisdom is the ability to recognize that. Because remember, David is there. He says, ah, come on. It is as if, you know the story. But he goes ahead to ask, come on, if somebody solves that problem, how does he profit? You know, a right businessman is the one who goes into business knowing what he will profit. Salvation is also a business, and one of the profits is eternal life. We know there is eternal life. Hallelujah, we know there is eternal life. So David says, if I go to tackle this problem, what will be the reward? Oh, come on. You will be the son of law of a king, and your tribe will be exempted from taxes. Oh, it was worth it. So wisdom is the ability to tap a blessing and the ability to solve a problem. Wisdom is the ability to anticipate a consequence. Wisdom is the ability to excel in your present day assignment. That woman widow, when she met Elijah, her assignment was to feed the prophet for three and a half years. The Scamore tree, probably nobody knew why it was planted there. Come on, you people here who designed that magazine probably never felt the impact of it. But you go down to Uganda, you see thousands and thousands flocking. Because that person who designed that magazine was in her assignment or his assignment, whether she or he knew it or not. So now the widow, no, the scamot tree 
was planted probably by a florist of the city to make the city beautiful. But that was not the assignment of that tree. But God knew that one time there would be a businessman called Zacchaeus. And he would need to see Jesus. You know he was a short man. Eh? So he had seen him running. And the sycamore tree was there at the posture of duty, at the true assignment. Come on, Zacchaeus. I can assist you to see your savior. At that place called there, the savior comes and says, okay, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I will dine with you. We don't know what happened to that tree, but it had finished its assignment. Your assignment is the problem God created you to solve. Wisdom is the ability to know who to honor. Hallelujah, somebody is carrying your blessing. Your blessing will not automatically be dropped out of heaven. No, God does not work that way. God works through human beings. God works through human instrumentality. Somebody is carrying your blessing. Unless you recognize who that human being is, you leave this world without testing the true blessing of God. So, you will recognize who to honor. Wisdom is the ability to recognize who to honor. You see, the way the church is made, it is we have everything we need. Spiritually, all gifts are here. The nine spiritual gifts are here. You see, the ministry is here. But remember, even under the great ministry of Jesus, Judas was there. And the ministry of Jesus never benefited him. You can sit under great ministry and never benefit because you are not honoring. Even in the Garden of Eden, the serpent was there. Oh, the preaching may be powerful, or oh, powerful preachings, but you, the beneficiary, you end up nothing. You are not changed. But wisdom is the ability to know who to honor. Somebody is calling your blessing. And when that somebody arrives into your life chain from that day, Yours will change. There is a voice that was ordained by God to activate all you need. Get a person who is a failure in his life. You will trace it to a voice he decided to dishonor. 
and get somebody who is successful. You trace, you go back to a voice he decided to honor. Honor activates God. Honor makes God happy. Look at the Ten Commandments. They are about honor. The first four are all about honor God, honor God. The last five is honor your neighbor, honor your neighbor. And the middle one is honor your parents. Honor the family structure. You know, modern civilization is against destroying the family structure. Wisdom is the ability to maintain your focus. I'm about to finish. You know, we have many distractions. Many voices that need our attention. When you hear about focus, it means there are many things but you focus on one. And in maintaining your focus, you are advised never to discuss your enemy. You see, you are surrounded by many enemies because as God is blessing you, the more you are blessed, the more your enemies increase. That's why I always say that enemies are good. Because they make you, they, they, they make you always alert. Yeah, enemies are good. How do you know that you are maintaining the focus? It is something is against you, but you, you ignore it. When the Bible says, he spreads the table before my enemies, it exactly means that. Because God is saying, you eat, you leave your enemies. But my God, they are there. What, what is that to you? You just eat. Your assignment is enjoy. You click, ignore whatever their threats and everything. Wisdom is the ability to recognize the chain of authority. You see that a Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, where Jesus says, I will come and heal your person. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. You just speak the word. The Lord we serve is a powerful God. He's omnipotent. He's everything. You, you, can all, you cannot all be number one. 
Somebody in the church must be number one and appreciate your position in the church. As long as you respect those who are above you, God will respect your position. But when you feel you want to jump the line, you will automatically find problems. Because nobody will be accepting to get out of his position for you. In fact, it is those who doesn't have inheritance that fight for others' inheritances. But if you already have your inheritance, your position, you are busy in your position, and you are happy with that. Wisdom is the ability to make right decisions. Church of the living God, ask God to give you that ability to make right decisions. Because it is our decisions that determine our success. What are you decide today will determine what will happen to you tomorrow. Finally, wisdom is the ability to read between the lines. Do you love the word? The ability to read between the lines. What others don't see, you are seeing. What others don't understand, you are understanding. That spells that you, are, you have arrived to that place called there. Because once you are in that place, you know that God is there. And when God is there, nothing else matters. It is between you and God, and you have simply arrived. May God bless you as I turn the pulpit to the pastor. The place called there. It's not just a geographical place. It's not the same place for, all, for everyone. But it's a place with God. It's a place that he wants to meet you. Amen. You have that place somewhere? We're looking for that place. Amen. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow it. Stand together. Lead me, Lord. Oh, I.
Scripture speaks sometimes there's things that he doesn't even say but your heart realizes yeah that's that's the Lord there's the Lord you know when Abraham was called to a place that he didn't even know but follow me and when you get there I will let you know and it was even when he went up to Mount Moriah and when he found the place that's where he gave the sacrifice it was Jesus searching through the scriptures in the temple and the scripture says and when he found the place we want to find that place you know there was one in heaven who had a place one time and he was cast down to the earth and the Bible said there was no more place found for him and you know what when he was in heaven he desired a place in heaven it was on the sides of the north in the congregation you know whose place that is that's our place that's your place that's a place God has ordained for us and we are called to that place amen let's just sing the battle is the Lord's and then we'll close in prayer sat under the sound of the word we've heard the words from a brother Lord speaking on there is a place that place called there 
And Lord, there's a place sometimes we come to in prayer when we, we just maybe utter words, but then there's a breakthrough and there's that place. Lord, there's a place we come to in our life and it seems like we hit the wall and there's nowhere to go. But Lord, then there's a place. Elijah found that place. God called him beyond the ravens, beyond the brook. He called him to a woman and said, I have commanded her. Lord, she didn't know the command. She just had a receiving set. She had something in her that would respect what God would send to her. Oh God, may we have that same thing. Lord, when you send someone to us, Lord, when you send the word our way, it was one omnipotent meeting another omnipotent, and it was you providing in that place. How we thank you for that, Lord. It was Moses on the road, Father, as he was called to go to lead a children. And he said, if my presence, if your presence doesn't go with me, Lord, I don't want to go. And then God would tell him and speak to him, said, there is a place by me. Come and stand on the rock. Lord, there's a place for every one of us. May we find that in our lives. Lord, it's not a place maybe others can stand, but it's the place you've ordained for us. Bless your people today as we think on these words. Lord, we commit it into your hands. Father, may the word not return void, but may it bring forth fruit unto you. Granted, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, our brother James will be ministering for brother Jerry. Later this week on Wednesday, he'll be in Saskatoon. And then on Thursday, he'll be in Grand Prairie. And then next weekend, he'll be in Calgary before returning home. Our brother's been faithful. God's used him throughout that country. And we appreciate him. And we say, God bless you, Brother James. And may he increase and prosper those around you. And may he lead you, and even as we continue to help in that. Ah. Uh, Rest, little bride, rest. There is a, what is the song I'm trying to think of now? What's that? All is well. All is well. miss you. You can still sing that if you like. I just need to clarify one thing. I preached exactly as long as he preached. But I had an interpreter, and he didn't have an interpreter. And they had an hour song service before. So when they say, because I know my reputation precedes me, but I'll say this, I wanted to qualify that a little bit. It's good to be a Christian, isn't it? Let's sing it, all is well, all is well, then you're dismissed. All is well, all 
rest of your dismissal.